Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wolf Packer Show. My name is Ethan McDowell, and I am joined, as I always am, by Noah Fleischman. It's time to preview NC State's matchup with Virginia Tech. It is a road game on the road in in one of the nation's most intimidating road venues, Lane Stadium in Blacksburg, Virginia. This is going to be probably NC State's more, most formidable home, uh, road test of the year, and it comes in the final true road game of the 2023 season. It's going to be an interesting one. NC State's obviously on their three-game winning streak coming off of their bye week, and um, Virginia Tech has won three of their past four as well. So we're going to break it all down. But before we do so, just to keep a quick housekeeping note, Noah and I are both writers for thewolfpacker.com. That is NC State's site on the On3 network. On3 is the fastest growing college football website there is right now. Um, if you're looking for college football, college basketball news, recruiting news for both sports, um, go check it out on thewolfpacker.com. Noah and I are diving all the way into men's and women's basketball coverage while we finish up the football season as well. Lots of good stuff on that. And we're getting close to signing day. Um, just to tease what we've got coming a little later today, I am putting in a prediction for one of NC State's top recruiting targets. So go check that out on the wolfpacker.com. It is only $1 to get premium access to um, those recruiting scoops, some analysis, and good stuff like that. So go check it out. And um, Noah, let's get right into it. All right, NC State, 7-3. and three. Who would have thought at this point – coming out of the bye week that we would be at this point where NC State sitting at, you know, four games above 500, 10 wins is still in play. You're, you're looking at, all right, you can solidify third place in the ACC with two straight wins and go into a bowl game with a chance to win that elusive 10th game. Lot to play for, a lot to play for. Like Coach Doran has said all year, there's a lot to play for for this team. But the first step to getting towards that goal is playing in Blacksburg on Virginia Tech's senior day. Virginia Tech's coming off of a blowout win over Boston College. They have a uh, the best pass defense in the ACC and a um, and an offense that's you know they're going to run, they're going to run, and then they're going to run some more. So Noah, from what you've seen from Virginia Tech so far this year, what what are your initial thoughts on the their matchup with the Wolfpack? It's an interesting one when you look at the offensive side of the ball first. I mean, this is going to be a different kind of offense than NC State's really seen this year for the most part. They're going to run Kyron Jones, their quarterback, a lot. He's a big guy, you know, what, almost 250 pounds, I think. Like, he's a he's a big dude, maybe even bigger than that. I mean, it's going to be a thing where NC State's run defense is going to be tested a lot because they, they've done well against teams that just, you know, hand the ball off and, and have elite running backs. But when you're playing a guy who's 6'2", 231, at quarterback and he's going to get, you know, a healthy amount of runs himself. It kind of opens up the run game for Virginia Tech, both the run and the pass. So, you know, the defensive line's got to, you know, account for one more runner. Um, you know, this year when you look at how many games, you know, how many times he's run the ball, he's got one, two, three games where he's run the ball at least 20 times. 
including at Boston College this past week where he went 20 for 135. So I think that's the biggest, you know, thing to look at right away is, you know, Kyron Jones didn't start the year as Virginia Tech starter, but he established himself as their starting quarterback and helps open up their offense a little bit more. And he's a mobile guy. They can pass the ball with him too, roll him out, get him in different things, getting so he doesn't face a lot of pressure. But luckily for NC State's defense, they face a very physical quarterback in practice and Brennan Armstrong. So a big physical runner is not going to be a surprise to this defense. It's the first time they'll see it in, in a live game action this year um, from the quarterback position. But they've seen it in practice, I think, enough to where they'll be prepared just, just based on what Brennan Armstrong's done. Defensively, Virginia Tech hangs its hat on that. You know, it's 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 always had a solid defense. Um, it's got Antoine Powell. Ryland, one of the top sack leaders in the country with nine sacks this year. So he's going to be a force off the edge. And uh, we talked to some of the uh, NC State offensive linemen this week, and, and they're, they're excited to you know have a, an opportunity to, to face a, another elite pass rusher and, and hopefully for them, you know, minimize his impact on the game. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up drones first because it they – Virginia Tech's offense kind of does just revolve around him and everything he presents to the offense. Once he took over the starting role a couple games into the season, it kind of transformed the offense and transformed their season. Um, like you said, he's a tough physical runner. The um, closest comparison that I could find in the ACC right now is Brennan Armstrong. I think um, in terms of playing style, they are pretty similar. Not only is he tucking and running a bunch – running on a lot of this they'll give him a lot of design carries too it's not just all scrambles for him um he lowers his shoulder at the end of every single run even if the guy's going to make a tackle on him he's lowering his shoulder and letting the defender feel it it's going to be a physical smash mouth football game against these two teams which um when you hear the brands of virginia tech and nc state that's kind of what you expect these are two smash mouth football programs so it's it's going to be an interesting one in front of a sold out crowd a lot of energy, a lot of physicality, and um, yeah, stopping Jones is going to be a big part of that. Um, you know, we've talked about his rushing ability, but then, I mean, he's doing a good job taking care of the ball. Um, nine touchdown passes to only two interceptions this year is very solid. Um, and you know, he he's someone that it seems like he's just continuing to get better as the season goes along. And he ran for 135 yards against Boston College. So that's absolutely where it starts for him. Um, also wanted to mention um, Daquan Felton, their big receiver on the outside. He's a six foot five pass catcher, but also their like number one deep threat. His um, average depth of target is 18 yards, which I believe is like four yards more than any other Virginia Tech wide receiver. So, you know, it's, it's another situation where you're going to have a big physical wide receiver matched up against NC State's big physical cornerbacks. Um, I think that matches up well for them. I, I, I think Aiden White and Shaheen Battle are more than equipped to go against um, those big, tall, um, big play receivers and shut them down. I mean, you saw what they did against um, Wake Forest, holding Banks to z- zero catches. So I think that sets up favorably for them. And then it all kind of comes down to stopping the running game, which is led by Bayshaw Tootin, a really good running back over there for the Hokies. He um, is a former North Carolina a running back, so here in the home state. But um, he has th- 613 rushing yards and seven touchdowns this year. Um, he also ranks third on the team with 24 catches for 218 yards. So it's a lot of read option between those two. A lot of interesting like pitches and you know quick screen plays and stuff like that. They want to get Tootin in space, and um, NC State's going to have to 
put a lot of effort into stopping that. So that'll be interesting to watch. And just eye discipline, gap integrity, that's all going to be huge against Virginia Tech. Um, defensively, you mentioned Antoine Powell Island. Um, and yeah, we talked to um, Anthony Belton yesterday. And um, he kind of laughed when we mentioned like the run of edge rushers he, he's having to go up against with Clemson, Miami, and Wake Forest, and now Virginia Tech. They all have um, oh, at least one of the top edge rushers in the ACC. And, um, and Powell Island might be the best of them. He has nine sacks this year. Um, he has an 86.5 pro football focus pass rushing grade, which is bordering on elite levels. And he has 37 total quarterback pressures this year. So he's a very good pass rusher, and he's going to be someone to keep an eye on as well. And then to kind of just round out the players to watch, I mean, you have um, Dorian Strong out there, a big you know, physical corner. Um, he's allowed seven catches this year on 24 targets. He is um, not allowing much. So he's going to be someone that I think he has the capability of shutting down one side of the field. It'll be interesting to see who he matches up against on Saturday. But, um, yeah, keep an eye on him. Yeah, he's three total picks, including two against Boston College last week. So he is someone that I don't know if NC State will be able to throw at very much. Um, no, Noah, did I miss anything? Is there anything else, just big picture thoughts on this matchup that um, you wanted to cover? It's going to be, you know, the we kind of touched on it, the environment at Lane Stadium. It's, you know, one of the best in college football. And if you think about it, NC State hasn't seen this in a while. They played there in 2020, but there was a thousand people there because of COVID-19. 2015, they played there with fans, but there was a weather delay at the beginning. So there wasn't a lot of people in their seats in the first quarter. So this is going to be the first time in a while that NC State sees a sold-out Lane Stadium at kickoff. It's going to be electric. It's a 3.30 kick. I imagine it's going to be the same as it was if it would be an 8 o'clock game. It's going to be out jumping around and, and buzzing with, with excitement. So that'll be interesting. You know, a sold-out crowd. I don't know when you think about how many games NC State's play on the road. I can't think they've played in front of a sold-out away stadium yet this year. So that'll be fun for them to, to be in, a, in an environment like that because Tony Gibson kind of joked about this past weekend's game where it was more than 50% NC State fans, it felt like, as he said. So – Obviously, going to be opposite of that this weekend. Um, there will be state fans there, but yeah. very minimal compared to the 66,000 Virginia Tech fans that will be in the stands. I have heard from a lot of NC State fans. It sounds like there will be a decent amount making the trip up to um, trip up to Virginia Tech. I mean, it's a quick drive. It's like three and a half hours from um, from the Triangle area. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, it's going to be a – pro Virginia tech crowd an actual intimidating environment compared to what I think Noah we can describe at best as sleepy against um, Wake Forest. They're, they're just, it just wasn't much of an atmosphere in, in Winston-Salem. So let's each go through and give a key to the game. Um, this is an intriguing matchup because it's two defenses that are playing at a high level right now paired with offenses that show flashes, but haven't really had that sustained success that they've wanted this year. Um, so I think it's going to be a uh, a low-scoring game, but I think it starts on the ground, and I think on the ground it starts with um, NC State's offense. I, Virginia Tech, the main thing they've really struggled with is defending the run. Despite having the number one pass defense in the ACC, 
they do give up the um, you know the tenth most rushing yards at 156.0 rushing yards allowed per game. And um, you know if you go back and look, one of their common opponents, Marshall, Virginia Tech lost to Marshall at the beginning of the season. Rasheen Ali, who NC State kept pretty much contained for that entire matchup, he rushed for 174 yards and two touchdowns. So you look at NC State's offense. Um, I don't know if they have a feature running back to necessarily you know give 20 carries to rack up those types of totals, but I think by committee you can have you know Kendrick Raphael breaking off some runs. I think you're going to have to rely heavily on Brennan Armstrong on some design quarterback runs. I don't think it's just going to be scrambles for him. I think you're going to have to, you know, draw up some designed runs, maybe some options, maybe get the ball in KC's hands in the backfield some more, stuff like that to, um, and of course, Delbert Mims, the reliable option, short yardage in the red zone. So I think it's going to be a committee approach. I don't think it's necessarily going to be, you know, one guy getting over a hundred yards against Virginia tech, but they do need to establish some success. And, um, because that's the primary way that you're going to be able to hurt Virginia Tech because through the air, they just don't allow much at all. Um, Noah, what is your key to the game? If you had to pick one thing. You took an offensive one. I'll take a defensive one. It's containing Kyron Jones. Um, when you look at it, he's kind of, you know, as we said earlier, the offense runs through him and it's been successful. They've won a lot of games in the ECC. They're four and two. You know, they've got a chance you know, to, to continue to keep rising through the ACC standings, which, you know, it's good for them after they had a slow start in, in non-conference play. Um, but containing him is going to be the biggest thing. NC State has enough athletes on its defense to be able to run and, and keep up with him. You know, Peyton Wilson might draw the the spy. You know, you, you, they've got good linebackers that, that can do that. And they've got good pass rushers that can find their way into the backfield. You know, Red Hibbler, Davin Van, they can get back there and, and cause some havoc on the, when they drop back the pass. Um, so I think that's going to be the biggest thing is, when the pocket breaks down, if he wants to scramble, keep him contained. And then on a design quarterback run, they got to be disciplined because I think Virginia Tech's going to try to, you know, they're definitely going to do it. It's just a matter of, you know, staying, staying keys and, and things like that, which saw last week against the slow mesh offense. They stayed very disciplined for the most part. We're able to stop everything that Wake Forest was trying to do through that. Um, it's not the slow mesh this week, but again, still need to be disciplined and, and, and sound to the gaps on defensive line. Into their assignments because one missed assignment on a Kyron Jones run, it's going to end up in a, in a yeah. bad, bad situation for NC State's defense. Yeah, he he had like a fifty-plus yard run against Boston College. I was going back and rewatching um, the condensed game from that yesterday, and yeah, once he gets rolling to the second level, like he's you know six two two thirty something, but he's quick. He, he can move once he gets rolling, and um, same with Tootin, they're running back as well. So. You're right. It's it's going to be all about not letting uh, Virginia Tech get to that second level. They have to keep do everything they can to keep that from happening. And you know they've done a good job defending those explosive plays over the past few games. Um, they'll allow a big play every now and then, but they're not going for touchdowns, right? And that's the biggest differentiator, I think. I think that might be the number one thing that is turned this season around, is that they're just not allowing those 60, 70 yard touchdowns anymore. It's um instead it, it'll be a 30 yard rush, a 40 yard pass, and then they'll buckle down, get a stop in the red zone, and um, you know, force a field goal that you know, college kickers, it's not a guarantee it's going in. So I'm very encouraged by what the defense has showed, and this is a very unique test for them. And um, I agree, you know, you gotta start with con- 
containing Kyron Jones. And I wonder how much of that will be Peyton Wilson's job because, um, you know, if there's someone who matches up um, physically with Kyron Jones, it's Peyton Wilson. Um, I, they're both very fast guys, um, you know, very big guys. And, um, you know, I, I bet Peyton will bear a lot of responsibility in terms of keeping um, keeping Kyron contained. All right. We're going to go ahead, make some predictions for the matchup, um, you know, pick some leaders for the game. But before we do that, I want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, Game Time. Game Time is a ticket buying and selling marketplace. Whether you're looking for tickets for a football game, a basketball game, comedy show, literally whatever you could be interested in, the Game Time app has it. You can find it on any app store or access it on your web browser at gametime.co. It's not .com, that's .co. And um, I'll hold up the app for those um, watching on YouTube today. But you can see exactly the view from where you'd be sitting on their app. It's my favorite thing about the app. They just make it super easy to, you know, get an accurate picture of the view from your seat before you buy the ticket. You don't have to go to another website and look up view from, you know, row Y or row double F. Like you just, it, it just shows you. It's straightforward, easy, and it shows you the best deals. Right now, I'm looking at tickets for NC State Senior Day game against UNC. Cheapest ticket is $96. So, you know, it's a hot ticket. There's not many tickets left on here. I think about 10. So go check it out. Um, it's the Game Time app. And if you do go check it out, use code WOLFPACK, all caps WOLFPACK, and you'll get $20 off your first purchase. So you can go to NC State's Senior Day game for um, $20 cheaper than you usually would. It's a great deal. All right, Noah, it's prediction time. Right now, you know, we'll go through and pick the spread and the over-under like we do every week and give our predictions for the game. Right now, the spread has climbed a little bit. It's Virginia Tech is a three-point home favorite. Um, Noah, what is your prediction? Do you think NC State will cover that number? I think they do. I think NC State covers three points. I think, you know... They've been on a roll the last three weeks. They've covered, you know, every single win that they've had so far because they've been the underdog. I think that continues. They were favored, I believe, at Wake Forest. But other than that, they've been the, the underdog, you know, at home. So they're used to this underdog role, and uh, they're going to embrace it yet again uh, for another week. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I mean, I, I'm going to pick them out, right? We'll get to our um, score predictions in a minute. But um, I, I think – you know, they're seven and three coming off of a uh, a pretty impressive winning streak. I, I don't really get why they're, you know, underdogs on the road. I get that Virginia Tech's a very intimidating, you know, road atmosphere and they're playing at a high level right now. But I think NC State's got a, uh, a, a good shot here. And so the over under, it's um, 44 for this game. Um, I think we're on a streak of picking the unders for these games just because of how the offense has looked this season. And um, I'm going to stick to that. I don't know about you. Um, I think 44 is a little too high. I, I, I think it's um, I think it's a good a, a good line. I, I think it will end up right around that total. But um, but I'm going to go. I'm going to take the uh, the under there. What about you, Noah? I'm going to take the under. I know. I think we can just give a score prediction now. I think it's going to be like 21-17. You know, NC State will win. And- and play. It's going to be another one of those low-scoring games. It might be the first person to hit 20 points, may win the game, maybe 24. Yeah. 
that's been the magic number for NC State. If you look at this this winning streak, 24-17 win at Cle- or against Clemson, 20-6 win over Miami, 26-6 at Wake Forest. Hit 20 against this NC State team. I mean, you know, if NC State hits 20, I think, you know, the defense feels like they're pretty good at, at being able to hold up there in a the bargain. You know, we thought, you know, going into the year that their goal was to, you know, hit 31 because the defense hadn't allowed 30 points. Well, defense isn't giving up, really. They've given up 9.6 points a game the last three games. Really got to hit 20, and I think you feel comfortable if, if you're Dave Dorn. Um, So 21-17, I think, gets the job done in, in Blacksburg. You, you mentioned something, and I'm going to go on a quick tangent. Um, I, I know some fans were unhappy about the offense kind of turtling up after they jumped out to a 21 to nothing p- p- lead at halftime against Wake Forest. But in reality, like you just said, it seems like 20 points is kind of the threshold right now where when NC State gets over that mark, they know they have a really good chance to win that game. So they weren't aggressive in the second half there, but they don't they don't really need to be once they – surpassed that 20 point threshold and you know the defense was playing at such a high level against wake forest so um you know i i think he, even dave dord said on um monday he was thinking the offense was a little too conservative but um you know it's just you have to take a step back and look and be like hey there's no reason to force anything here i think you're right that the defense is playing at such an elite level that once you hit 20 points you're you're kind of um you're, you're kind of just chilling you, you got to take care of the ball you know, establish a rhythm on the ground. And I think NC State is going to get right to that 20-point mark. I think they're going to beat Virginia Tech 20-17. to 17. Like I said earlier, it's going to be a smash-mouth physical football game. But NC State loves that. I, they enjoy that. This is going to be a good test for them before coming back home to play UNC. And um, I think they're ready for it. I think, um, you know, you look at the, uh, you know, coaching staffs and you have two coaches on NC state staff on um, Brian Mitchell and Charlie Wiles who used to coach at Virginia tech. This is going to be their first time back there um, at Virginia tech with fans in the stands. So it'll, it'll be, you know, I'm sure this will be an emotional game for them. Even though we, we talked to coach Wiles, um, he, he downplayed he was, his exact quote was like, I, I don't have to hate you to beat you. And he spent over like a quarter century there. Right. Um, mentored like NFL players, all Americans and all of that. So, um, yeah, he, he has a, a, a long history in Blacksburg. I'm sure it will be an emotional return for him, but, um, I think NC State's going to be ready for it. I think they're going to enjoy the chance to go on the road somewhere that where they don't really get to go much. And the last time they were there, um, they got their butt kicked. So it, I, I'm sure they'll come in motivated. They'll come in ready. And, um, I think they win thanks to a bounce-back game for Braden Narvison. I think he's going to hit a couple of super-clutch field goals that are going to propel NC State to this win over the Hokies. All right, now let's make some predictions and then one bold prediction to wrap up the show. Well, let's start with um, rushing leaders. Um, it could be a quarterback-run-heavy day in Blacksburg with um, Kyron Jones and Brennan Armstrong, but... um. Noah, who, who do you think is going to lead NC State in rushing? Stick with, with, with what stick with what works, and it's going to be Brandon Armstrong yet again. He's been their, their leading rusher all season for the most part. You know, he's led them in rushing the last two games, ninety six yards on the ground, um, tied a season high at Wake Forest, and I think they'll keep rolling with him. He's a physical guy. 
and he makes plays happen when when the when the pass play breaks down. And and Virginia Tech has a pretty good pass defense this season. So in the event nothing's there, tuck it and go. And I think that 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 could happen a little bit. Um, so I think Armstrong will do that, and he'll break off a one big explosive run to kind of cement that. But don't get me wrong, I do think this is a bounce back game for the running backs too. You know, I think that they have an opportunity to to be. Maybe not the leading rusher, but you know Kendrick Raphael and and, and maybe Michael Allen if he's back on the field to to really show that you know what we can they can run a little bit too, and I think you know we'll see a running back hit over fifty yards. Yeah, I think Brennan's going to lead the team in carries. I don't think he's going to lead the team in yards. I think Virginia Tech is going to do everything it can to sell out and stop Brennan, force him to throw. And um, in doing so, with all that intention attention on the quarterback, I think it's going to open up some space for Kendrick Raphael, who, um, you know, when Michael Allen went out, he emerged as like that feature guy in the backfield and, and until his fumble, which, um, you know, Doran talks about. He says he'll learn from it. And it was kind of a um, weird play where there might have been a whistle. He might have been down to begin with. So um, I don't think the fumble is um, something that NC State's super sweating. But um, I think he'll come back. He'll be in a big role. And then I think this is the, the freshman's breakout game. I think he's going to have a um, a, a pretty pretty huge game. I could see him, you know, getting over that fifty yard mark, having a couple explosive runs, and um, maybe even flirting with that hundred yard milestone for the first time in his career. Because Virginia Tech's not that good at defending the run; they'll allow explosive plays that way. And I think any state's going to have to rely on the ground because I don't think they're going to get to be get much going through the air. Um, the sneaky pick is Kevin Concepcion, right? Like I, I, I wonder since. You know, Virginia Tech's secondary is playing at such a high level. I wonder how much of um, Concepcion we'll see in the backfield. Um, but I am going to stick with Raphael here. I can have a big game, get into the end zone again, and, um, you know, keep his um, good run of form going. All right, receiving. Like I just said, I don't think it's going to be a big passing game. But, Noah, who's your pick to um, lead NC State in receiving? We're going to go off the beaten path. He did lead the team in receiving last week. We're going to say he continues the upward trajectory this week. Dakari Collins, the Clemson transfer, he you know had a kind of a up and down start. He hasn't seen too much of the field, but last week two receptions for I believe thirty eight yards. Um, he had a nice twenty four yard gain or twenty eight yard gain on one catch, and then a ten yard gain on the other. Moved the sticks twice. Um, I think you know he's a big body guy, a receiver that they kind of need. Right? They have Casey, who, who's a smaller guy, but they need a bigger-bodied receiver to go make contested catches. I think this is his breakout game. Give me Dakari Collins, and I'll give you another thing. He'll have more than two catches. I like that pick. It seems like he's someone that, um, like, he, he was hurt so much during the offseason that I think it took a little time for him to, like, earn a spot in the rotation, earn the coaches, like, uh, trust in the rotation but it seems like he's just made steady improvements and uh yeah he had one contested catch against um wake force where you're like whoa okay that's why this guy was one of like the top 150 recruits in the country when he went to clemson that's why people just were pretty upset that he was leaving because he's a when he left clemson because he was a talented talented receiver it seems like he's starting to figure it out and man that is huge not only for this season, but it's huge for the program's future. If, if he can really, you know, end up being a heavy contributor at outside receiver moving forward, um, that would be a huge addition to this team. So love the pick. I think um, the car is going to have a really strong end to the season. 
I'm going to go with um, Casey. I'll go with Kevin Concepcion. I think um, it could be a heavy pop pass day. I think they're going to find some creative ways to get him involved, and uh, I think he'll lead the team in receiving yards. His yards after contact, yards after the catch, will both be very important against this team just to keep the chains moving. And um, I don't know, maybe he breaks off one explosive play, but I I think those explosive plays will be a bit hard to come by through the passing game. But um, I think he's, you know, even when the passing game fails this season, he's been the most reliable member of it. So I'm going to stick with him there. Um, All right, let's talk tackles. Um, Peyton Wilson has not led NC State in tackles two of the past three weeks. Given in between that, he had a 16 tackle performance. Um, He's still playing at an elite level, but um, you know the defense is playing great around him right now as well. Noah, who do you think is going to lead NC State in tackles? I'll take the obvious one, Peyton Wilson. He's a guy who, yes, he didn't lead the team in tackles. this past week, but he was one off. You know, he had seven. Jalen Scott at eight. Very committee based tackling, very balanced. Would you think if you asked Peyton Wilson, would you rather have twenty tackles and the rest of the defense, you know, the next closest guy have five? Or would you rather have eight, seven, five, 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 four, four, four? I think you'd take the eight, seven, five, five, five. Absolutely. Talked about he talked about at Duke where it felt like, you know, there's only three people in the field. He felt like he had to do a lot. Um, the defense has really come around and, and everyone's playing together more and, and everyone's making plays. Um, so I do think he leads the team in tackles, but I think it will be another balanced. He may get to 10, 11 tackles, but doesn't say that Jalen Scott or someone else might not be at eight or nine. And I think they'll take that. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go with Jalen Scott here. And part of that is because I think he's playing at a very high level right now. The coaches do too, based on everything we've asked them about. Um, yeah. He's just really, really, you know, he, he's um been here a while. And um, but it seems like he took like just one last like big step forward this season and um, improved a lot over the course of this year and is playing really, really good football. And yeah, he led NC State in tackles, had the uh, pick two on the uh, two point try as well. Um, I, I, I think I'm going to pick him here just because, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to act like I'm an X's and O's genius here. But it seems like a lot of the time Jalen Scott is having to defend like the edge when the running back comes around or the quarterback scrambles. I think that's his responsibility a lot of the time. And that's he's going to have his hands full. <laughs> he's going to have to deal a lot with um, Tootin and drones. And I think he's going to bear a lot of responsibility because the, Virginia Tech's not exactly going to try to run it up the middle constantly. They're going to try to bounce it outside and Jalen Scott's going to need to make some plays. So I'll go with him here. Um, Peyton Wilson's always a good pick. I, I think I think, um, I think, think you're absolutely on to something there. I, I, don't, I honestly don't know if you could go wrong with any of the four linebackers. I think they're all going to have their hands full uh, against, um, against the Hokies. All right. Now, like we do every week, I want to wrap this up with one bold prediction. Noah, you've been on kind of a hot streak recently. Um, for those who don't know, who don't follow along on the Wolfpacker.com, Noah publishes five bold predictions every Friday for each game. I haven't been keeping track of the score, but um, I, I'm pretty sure he's he, he's making more than he's missing right now. So, um, Noah, why, why don't you give us the next correct take? Um, one bold prediction for NC State's road trip to Virginia Tech. The last few weeks have been pretty good. I did have an 0 for somewhere in there, 0 for 5. But, you know, we've, we've bounced back a little bit. Um, you know, I think I already kind of gave one with the Kari Collins. But we're going to stay on the offensive side of the ball. 
and we're going to say that Kendrick Raphael finds the end zone twice this weekend. Oh, man, they're going to run the ball. Prediction, Noah. They're going to run the ball. The freshman is going to have another another big game. He's already scored his first career touchdown this season. He's going to add two more to the list in Blacksburg. Kind of really his breakout game of the year, I think. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's a good pick, obviously. I was going to make the same one. Um, yeah, I, I think, like we said earlier, I think it's going to be a heavy Kendrick Raphael day, and I think he'll get into the end zone a couple times. I think it's a good pick. I'm going to go with Peyton Wilson forces two turnovers, whether that's a fumble or an interception. I think or you know, both. all of these, um, you know, award watch list, semifinal list, um, list, finalists he's just racking up the postseason awards it's going to be a busy december for that guy um i think this is the game where he's like not only do i deserve the recognition on these lists i need to i'm the best defensive player in the country i think he announces it with this game um he's already there in the eyes of many but um i think in the eyes of america it will be tough to refuse anything less than his excellence because he's going to force two turnovers, have a good tackling day, and just have an all-around playmaking performance like he has a few times this year. Um, you know, just playing at a high level, and I think that'll really show up and make a difference against Virginia Tech, too, and be a big part of why um, the Wolfpack wins this game. All right. That's the show, folks. Thank you all for watching. Um, if you already subscribe to our YouTube or follow us on any podcast platform, thank you. Um, if you don't already, please do. We really appreciate it. Leave a rating, a review. Um, that always means a lot to us. And um, yeah, a comment on our YouTube channel as well. We always check them. Uh, so thank you all for watching and listening. We will be back Sunday morning to recap everything that happened against Virginia Tech. Um, and until then, go check out thewolfpacker.com. Only $1 to subscribe. Big recruiting scoop dropping today. So, um, you know, I, th I think that's worth $1 alone. Go check it out, thewolfpacker.com. And um, have a good weekend, everyone.